0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Hunting Roots Podcast. I'm Brody Swisher. This podcast is brought to you by our good friends at OnX. Be sure to check them out for all your map navigating needs. This week we're talking about bears. We're talking about our fresh batch of turkey poults. We're even going to talk about a movie we watched last night. I got Aiden and Remy in here in the office today. It's going to be a good time. Let's get it started. Alright boys, welcome back in the office. It's good to have you. Aiden, Rimbo, how y'all doing today? Doing good. Hey, can you hear the youngins in there? A fresh batch. We got a pair of turkey poults in there whistling. Which one of y'all can do the whistle of the turkeys kikiing key in there? Who's got a turkey whistle down?
1: Uh, probably me.
0: Let's hear it, Remy. What do you got? What are they sounding like? <laughs> Yeah, pretty good, Aiden. Aiden, you're 16, and you just learned how to whistle not too long ago yep. uh, at the age 15. of 16. I don't think he was 15. I think he was 16 when he finally learned to whistle. I don't know why. It was such a problem for you all these years. Maybe because you had braces on. I don't know what it was. But let's let's hear your whistle nowadays, and now you're learning to belt one out. All right. Shh, 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 It sounded kind of like a hybrid, kind of like a like a whistling for your dog, whistling in a quail mixed together. I don't know what it was. Give me another one. shh. That'll keep beep beep beep. And they are rocking and rolling in there. We got two. We had seven eggs in the incubator, and we've got two that had hatched last night, and the other five may be jacked. I don't know. We've been raising chickens. Now we've got a few turkeys in there, and just some farm critters to have out here in the yard. We love listening to these turkeys. We've raised a bunch over the years, and um, I've missed having them the last year or two. Uh, I know I got a bunch. I got about 20 of them from Tom Wiley several years ago. And Tom, I think, bought 40. His wife said, there's no way we're having 40 turkeys here. So he sold 20 uh, to me and uh, still kept 20 for himself there and maybe got rid of some others. I think he's down to a handful now. But we had 20, gobblers, hens, all the good stuff. And what happened to him, Remy?
1: Foxes and coyotes ate
0: them. All the foxes and, yeah, foxes, coons. I don't know what all got into We've talked about that a little bit. We talked about that recently in the podcast, talk about foxes and how we handle predators and chickens and all the stuff there, so if you haven't listened to that one, jump back a couple of episodes, and you can listen to that one there our, our situation we've had, but all the foxes uh have just like I said they just hammered the turkeys we've had in the yard, and so we uh last year too, we've been out without birds, and uh we've had chickens, but not turkeys, and so excited to have a couple hatching in the incubator uh again. They're in there peeping. Hatch last night, been peeping all day, looking strong, so maybe they'll keep on kicking, and we'll get some turkeys back in the yard and listening to the sights and sounds of them. It's always cool having turkeys. I, you know, the chickens are great. They lay eggs. We eat them. Obviously, you can eat turkey eggs, too, out there in the yard, but it's cool just to hear them and see them, and I love it. Mama drives her crazy because there's turkey crap on the porch or wherever they go, but to me, I'd rather have turkey crap on the porch than chicken crap on the porch, and I love Hearing them and seeing them. And it's so cool when these, these turkey poults, I don't know if you guys remember, but they strut and they're spitting and drumming. And even just as little young poles it's cool how they start uh, establishing their dominance and getting that pecking order established, even just as little bitty old squirts in the brooder uh, box. And so that's cool. It's cool to have them. So if you hear the peeping going on, that's what it is. We got Kiki going on in the living room in there in the other room. Good stuff. Hey, today we're going to be talking about what? We're talking about bears. We're going to talk about a movie review, not a review, but just our quick review of a movie we saw last night. Rimbo, what was it? What did we go see? Family. The whole family went to see what movie?
1: Uh, dressed squirrel. Dominion. Dominion.
0: Communion. Communion. Dominion. 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 Yeah. All right. Communion's what you take at church, right? Where you drink the cup of blood and or the the grape juice and the crack. That's communion. You say Dominion is it called Dominion.
1: I thought it was Dominion.
0: Dominion. Oh. Yeah, I think dominion. you're getting the t- yeah. You're getting communion and Dominion. So Dominion, is Jurassic World, Dominion, is that what it's called? Yes. All right. And uh, we, so we went last night, we had not been to movies in forever. I don't even know if they had movies going on during all the corona crap, but it's been a while since we've been to the movie theater. We went, the whole crew last night, and it was actually, that was my idea. Usually y'all go without me to the movies because you're watching something that, I don't know, let's be honest, it's, it's something I don't watch, you know. Like
1: kids movies. Maybe a stuff.
0: kids movie or something. Some of those are all right, but. Anyway, this is one I said, hey, we're going to go watch this Jurassic World Com- Dominion. Excuse me, now you got me all jacked up. Dominion, I figured, would be one you might want to see in the theater, man. It's a daggum dinosaurs in your face. I mean, that's kind of cool to see on the big screen. So we go, the whole crew last night. I think it just came out here in Paris, Tennessee. Oh, uh, last, what, Friday, Aiden? Yeah, last, last Friday. Friday. So. We went to watch that. Remy, what was your favorite part of the movie? I mean, what what, what got you fired up? I mean, I know several times you, you, you almost cried. You jumped on my arm and you wanted me to hold you to get you through. Is that true? No. Not at all. But you did have some parts you liked better than others. What was your favorite part of the movie?
1: Probably when the dinosaurs would eat people and stuff. But that didn't happen that much, though.
0: Not as much. It was a little disappointing from the standpoint of just not as much people getting their heads chopped off or bit off by... Oh, uh, the, the, what kind of, what were they called? T-Rex?
1: T-Rex and another.
0: Some other giga, looking giga, giga hoposaurus or, or something like that. I don't know what <laughs> he was, but he, yeah, he was a bad boy. Yeah. So we were kind of a little disappointed. We like to see all that, you know, where they're just chewing people out of their cars and, and just, just mowing them down. But not as much of that as maybe a little tamed down. I think probably, like, everybody gets their feelings hurt, gets offended, so they kind of tamed it down a little bit this time maybe. Um, That's always good. Aiden, what was your favorite part of the movie? Um, I think we both had the favorite part. I mean, you, uh, it was when was uh, one of the girls, she's getting kind of chased down by a dinosaur, and she went under the water to hide from it. Yes. That was a really cool scene. Yes. Yeah, that was my favorite part, too. I don't remember what the girl's name was. Claire? Is it Claire? I think so. Yeah. Claire or Carla? I don't know. She, yeah, so she's, uh, it's Chris Pratt's boo in the movie, okay, the little redhead that he he's kind of fallen in love with the last couple of years. And so she's out there on her own, and she dives off this water hole, big dinosaur, I don't know if it's a T-Rex or Gigla Humpty, Taurus, whatever, Taurus, whatever his name was. He, he comes up on her, and she's in the water, and she slides off in the water right before he's going to bite her head off. And then she goes underwater, and he's just kind of sniffing the water. You see his face and his teeth and everything, and he's just getting ready to rip somebody's head off. And then she's underwater; she stays under there holding her breath. And they do a pretty cool, pretty cool shot for a movie. Um, it was it was pretty cool. Like they did the split screen, where you, or not split screen, but they had the below the surface of her holding her breath, and then above water, he just rah, he just blows out, and it just yeah, it was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool scene, pretty cool shot there. That was my favorite part of the movie. Um, not a bad movie. I mean, it was it was good, kid friendly, obviously, and uh, good good family movie. Avery said that was her favorite one of all the series. I don't know if that was the case. What do y'all think? Was it your favorite of all of them, or where does it um, fall? I don't know. They're all really good. It's hard to rank each one, but uh, I I, I think it's really great. E- yeah.
1: Either Jurassic World, the first one, or either the one where the Spinosaurus is in it.
0: Not the uh Jurassic World, but Jurassic Park, yeah. The original mm-hmm. got to check out the original if you've never seen these Jurassic, Jurassic, what was it, the first one called? Just Jurassic yeah, Park, Jurassic Park, yeah. We may have to watch the old school Jurassic Park again now because it did have the whole crew and, and the original people from that one. I think the first one, and it's kind of sad seeing how everybody's aged over the gosh, I don't know how long it's been 20 years, I don't know if yeah. it's been that long or what. It's but been really long, it's been a long time, and so. Good stuff. So check that one out if you're into dinosaurs and that kind of bull, 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 baloney mess. You know, if you like that or can tolerate it, go ahead and watch it. It's a good, pretty good movie for the whole crew, the whole family. Good, good kid-friendly movie. There's no smoochy, smoochy, kissy, all that mess. Is it Remy was her a little bit?
1: There's a little bit.
0: A little bit. There. Was one time that I think I went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Remy had to close his eyes. Uh and the little smooching scene. I don't even think you had to close your eyes on that though. Um, I actually yeah. did. You did? You're a good boy. I'm proud of you for that. But uh anyway, that was our movie last night. Be sure to check it out. I honestly was kind of digging the movie from the previews. What was it called? Y'all remember that one? That looked better. Um Beast. Beast. Yes. Yeah, so the Beast, I guess. What was a Beast? A lion? A lion. Or a tiger? a big old what? lion that they're over there and oh. Uh, another part of the world over in Africa or wherever checking out these lines and they're, I don't know if they got a problem lying and and they're trying to hunt it down and it's attacking and killing people and that to me looked pretty good. I think y'all were thinking it might be a little too freaky, but uh, I think I'll go see that one. Maybe I'll take somebody, I don't know who's up for the challenge of that one, but I'm going to go see that one. Maybe take your sister if she can handle it. She's kind of gotten where she used to. Like scary movies, and now she's kind of freaked out a little bit too much by them now. So I thought it looked pretty cool. Yeah, I think we'll go see it that one when it comes
1: scary, out. Scary, but it would kind of be cool seeing all the animals and them trying to track down the lion.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a hunting movie. I mean, it's it's a hunting movie, Hollywood's version of a hunting movie, but a hunting movie nonetheless. So we may go see that it's called The Beast. Speaking of crazy stuff and stuff getting attacked. Here's a sad story. I'm going to see if I can pull it up on the iPad here. Um, I saw this one this past week. Our buddy Gary that's a real good friend of ours and and, uh, just a supporter of what we do in our camps, ministry and stuff. Awesome guy. He passed this along. He uh, has served our country and continues to serve our country. But uh, he passed the story along, and uh, I think I've got it right here. And it's a sad deal. Uh, this is a New York Post. It says U.S. Army identifies soldier who died after Alaska bear attack. And um, any bear attack's tough. Any you know deadly bear attack's tough. But obviously, particularly um, you know hard to go out to you know when it's a soldier. You know dude over there trying to serve the country, training whatever, and is attacked and killed. But here here it is a rundown. New York Post says the U.S. soldier killed by a bear in Alaska was likely attacked by a female beast call it a female beast, attacked by a female beast, protecting her. I wonder if I meant to say bear. U.S. soldier killed by a bear in Alaska was likely attacked by a female beast, it says, protecting her young cubs, state wildlife officials say. Army Staff Sergeant Seth Michael Plant, uh, age 30, was identified Thursday as a soldier who died from injuries sustained during a bear attack Tuesday in a remote training area at Joint Base Elmdorf richardson Hearts uh, go out to the Plant family and the uh, family of, of Seth Michael Plant, that was his name. Uh, Plant, an infantryman from the 3rd Battalion, Ninth Parachute Infantry Regiment, who had deployed to Afghanistan, was later pronounced dead at the military bases hospital. A second soldier who was not identified was also injured, but has been treated and released, uh, says the Army officials. Uh, Plant was originally from St. Augustine, Florida, and um, just a sad, sad deal. It says a brown bear approached the area where a plant was mauled by uh, following Tuesday's deadly attack. So another, you know, brown bear comes back to the scene. Uh it says state wildlife officials deployed bear spray, prompting the animal to leave the immediate area. A den with two brown bear cubs was discovered nearby. And so that's kind of the deal. It says from everything we know so far based on the scene inv- investigation, and information from other responding agencies, this appears to be a defensive attack by a female bear protecting her cubs. And so, oh, man, just, just a tough, tough situation. Obviously, <clears throat> these guys found themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time. Anytime you get near uh, Alaska is just full of of, of critters, be it brown bear and grizzlies, and, and it's just full of some crazy, crazy beasts. But obviously, anytime you get near one of two places where they're feeding they get down those rivers and streams feeding on fish, uh, or their uh denning areas where they're raising cubs. Man, you get near those cubs and crap can go down in a hurry, get ugly fast, and uh that's kinda what happened. It sounds like they got too close to a brown bear uh with her cubs and she got did what they do, you know, protecting those cubs, man. They get too close to the den and uh she felt the threat was there. She attacked, and unfortunately for this plant fella, uh cost him his life. And so, uh, again, say a prayer for those, fam- those family members. That's a tough way to, to get. You know, you send your child out or your family member goes out to serve a country and you you know the threat is there, but you never think about and consider some of the other side uh, opportunities that come that, that could be life-threatening. And for this individual, it was. And so, anyway, tough deal there. Grizzly bear, excuse me, brown bear. Uh, much like a grizzly, I guess it depends on where they are, if they're grizzlies or coastal bears or, or inland bears or whatever, but uh, this says uh, it was a brown bear attack. And so that's a tough one, man. Can you guys imagine being attacked by a bear? Have y'all ever had one of those nightmares or bad dreams where you've been attacked by a bear?
1: Yeah. I did have a dream about a grizzly bear. Uh, yeah, We were hunting deer, uh, and the next thing you know we hear a and then next thing you know, it comes attacks us and stuff. Who are you
0: with in this dream? You. Yeah, so who we saved ate. your life? What happened? How did you get away from the attack?
1: I think they're just attack, uh, attacking and stuff, and then I feel like I woke up or something.
0: Yeah, right before you got eaten. That's that's good. Uh, I'm glad it was just a dream. Hey, we are going to talk this week about a a bear hunt, and if you haven't seen uh, the video, you can, you can check it out. We just posted it a couple days ago on the Hunting Roots YouTube channel. And uh, it's a black bear encounter that I had several years back now. It's, gosh, it's been probably 10 years ago now, going on a decade. And it was a black bear, but a chocolate color-faced bear. And for those that don't know, you know, you, you, you've you got all kind of varieties of bears. Black bears come, just like we say, you know, a lab, a uh, Labrador Retriever. How many different colors do you have of the Labrador Retriever? Remy, you got what? Black labs. You got Uh, yellow labs. What's another one?
1: Uh, brown.
0: Brown, but chocolate. Okay, so you got chocolate lab, yellow lab, and uh, the black lab, and it's kind of like the same with with you know when we talk about blackberries. You got chocolate color phase. You got black. um, You've got cinnamon. Some people call them a blonde. You know, blonde cinnamon chocolate. Uh, There's straight black. There's got black ones with white patch on the chest, and so they got all varieties of colors and. While we were in Montana, that was not my voice cracking. Don't look at him like that. Was that my voice cracking? I don't know. I don't think so. It was borderline. You, it was. borderline, but it wasn't. I, I, I wasn't I going to say anything. You, you, really? Aiden just ca- held steady. Remy rips his neck and looks at his brother and wants to laugh. Y'all want to laugh about it. And Remy's like, oh, did you hear that? He almost cracked. It was like a borderline crack. Hey, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm 45 years old now, and my voice cracks now more than it ever has. You know, like Aiden over here, he's got puberty set in. And his voice cracks, and sometimes he'll be, and laugh all you want to. But I crack more now at 45 years old. My voice hangs up more now than it ever did back in high school. So you go ahead and just hush your mouth, Remy. If I see you smiling and laughing at me when I almost crack, I'll have to whip you before this podcast is even over. So anyway, where were we? talk about bears in Idaho. So here's the deal. We lived, for those of you that don't know, haven't heard, we we lived in Montana for uh, gosh, six, seven years. And uh, we went out to Montana and we did some mission work. We worked with churches out there. We even planted uh, a church of our own. We started a church that was called the Sportsman Church. And we'd meet on Wednesday nights. And we had, uh, again, just that, a Wednesday night service instead of doing a Sunday morning or a Sunday night, we do Wednesday nights. So the people, uh, like a lot of folks in Montana, they're hunting and fishing and skiing and doing whatever they do on the weekends. And uh, a lot of folks just, they work six days a week. Sunday maybe the only day off they had, so we would do that service uh, on Wednesday night to give those people a chance to spend time in the outdoors on the weekend, and we'd uh, have that Wednesday night service for them. It's cool deal. So that was a sportsman church. Um, again, we started some camps out there, did bow hunter camps, and just had a big time doing mission work there in Montana. But uh, as you might imagine or would expect, that we had a lot of opportunities to go with that, a lot of hunting opportunities when we got to Montana. And got to hunt for a lot of animals that I've never hunted before. Uh, it was really, really awesome opportunity. There's such a variety of game in Montana. I mean, there's just, uh, it's one state that's got probably everything you could imagine from uh, moose and bighorn sheep, mountain goats, antelope, bears. It's got grizzly up there. Uh, not a huntable population of grizzlies, but they're there. Uh, they started wolf hunting again while we were out there. I bought a wolf hunting license because it was again kind of a historical hunt it was the first time they'd offered wolf hunting opportunities uh in ages out there and so i bought a wolf tag and man it just got so much opportunity for the guy or the gal that loves to hunt so we did a lot of that uh killed some antelope out there shot some bears um what else did we get into chasing whitetail deer hunting was awesome out there yeah we shot those gophers and ground squirrels that was a lot of fun me and ada would go chase those things around all over the place and We just had a big time, but bear hunting was something that, you know, I'd kind of always wanted to do. And we, we have bears here in Tennessee, you know, pretty good population of bears over in East Tennessee and the Smoky mountains, Uh, but I'd never messed with them. And the cool thing about Montana is, um, you can see so much, you can see the country, you can glass, you can spot and stalk. And it's a lot of open country, it's big sky country, but just over the mountains from where we lived was Idaho. And in Idaho, it's not near. It's open. You know, it's a lot thicker country. It's big, heavily forested ground. But the cool thing about Idaho side of the mountain range was the fact that you could run bear bait. And that's what we did. We would go over and run bear bait. And now we weren't far from the Idaho line. I mean, you look at it on, on X, and you're, you know, 30 minutes across the mountains. You could just hike and hump it over the mountain and there you are in Idaho. But to get to the mountain pass, we had to go all the way back around. So it was an hour and a half, um, sometimes two hours down to where we'd run uh, bear bite bear baits over there and uh, that was a routine now a lot of people will say oh my gosh you you're running bear bait that's so unethical that's that's not cool that's like high fence hunting or for deer or uh, it's just not humane uh, or maybe it's easy a lot of people say oh it's just easy That's too easy when you run bear bait you just throw some donuts on the ground and shoot your bear but man I'm I'm going to tell you that's the first thing from the truth that ever was. Running bear bait is a lot of work. Man, you are uh, constantly chugging along, going up the mountain, backpacks full, backpacks loaded. I mean, we carried some ungodly loads up there in the mountains uh, when we're hauling stuff up. You guys remember, Remy, before your time. You were born right about the time we left for Montana. But, Aiden, do you remember some of the stuff that we used for bear bait over there? I know you were a little dude then too, but uh, you were part of the, the – bait run that we would have and go get groceries and different stuff what are some of the things we use for bait use twinkies ding-dongs like those little little debbies hostess i guess that's the brand called and we host all those sweet cakes ho-hos ding-dongs twinkies snack cakes all the stuff remy it was fired up you you would have loved it because what we would do is there was there was like a, a hostess outlet store or um I don't want to call it outlet, but that seemed like it was what it was, a hostess outlet store. And they they were basically the place that I think they'd get all the, maybe the leftovers or whatever. And then once they got where they couldn't even sell them there, they would sell them by the, you buy the rack. You'd pay like 20 bucks for a whole rack of stuff. And we'd go in there and get two or three racks of that. And they roll the big racks, like a big upright rack of just shells full of these cakes and breads and all the good stuff. And I remember pulling up there in the Tahoe open the back hatch and we just load that sucker up and the back of the suburban or tahoe whatever we had would be just full i mean like eight foot back into that thing just full of twinkies man and i i'm a twinkie eating son of a gun little debbies all that stuff i mean so we'd be loading it and chunking them in there and then i'd grab one and eat one and, and it was one for the you know a, a boat load for the truck and then I, every once in a while old bro was sitting there working them over and and dude it was a good time smelled so good all that sweet treats and cinnamon rolls all the stuff that a bear loves and i mean that's that was the name of the game so like i said we'd go in there and pay them 20 bucks for um a load of that stuff and come out of there you know like i said it's 20 bucks a rack we'd get a couple of them so you might spend 40 bucks but man you had your whole spring bear season full of all the bait you needed it was good stuff but then we'd also go down to some of the restaurants and get grease um you know grease from these you know it's fry grease from the restaurants and Different people would let us take it. Some of it we had to kind of go out back and dip a bucket in, you know, after hours while they weren't there. I mean, they didn't care, but it was just grease. And uh, so anyway, we would do that. However, we come up that grease. And the grease was so cool because you put all the sweet treats out on the ground, but we'd always load that grease right around in front of the barrel because that bear would come up to it, and he would step in that grease. Of course, he could smell the grease from a long way away, and everything loves grease, right? Like when we had our fish fry last couple weeks ago, Table was covered in fish grease. What did the dog do? Y'all remember?
1: Uh. Jumped up there and started licking.
0: It. Yeah, Olive, our stupid dingling dog Olive. She goes up there jumping up on the table trying to lick the grease off the table. So animals love grease, bears love grease, but then when they come to the grease, we'd puddle it up in front of that bait barrel and then they step in that. And what was the key of stepping in bear grease? When they step in it, what are they doing when they walk away? Leaving them. Leaving it. Yeah. Leaving a scent trail. So they walk away from the grease, walk away from the bait site when they're done eating. And then when they walk away, wherever they go, they're putting a trail down for other bears to smell. And so it just works so good. Grease, sweet treats, dog food. We can buy a 50 pound bag of dog food, go pour it out over there. And, And so, man, it was fun times. And for me, it was like starting over. I remember when we hung that first set and started you know, running bear baits thinking, man, this is like my first time ever deer hunting. It was just exciting. Going back to the old days, it was a lot of fun. Well, on this particular hunt, I killed several bears over there, but the particular one I'm talking about in the video we posted on YouTube is a chocolate colored bear that I killed and just a big stud bear, this big heavy body bear. On that particular hunt though, I had the idea of hunting from the ground. My first bear I killed from a tree stand, just a small bear, a small black bear, but then I wanted to get on the ground. I thought, man, it would be cool to kill one face to face, right? Go eye to eye, just square off with the bear on the ground would be kind of cool. So I thought I'm gonna put this ground blind up. I was a big ground blind hunter. I loved to hunt from the for, you know from the blind for deer and turkeys and been doing that for years. And I love the double bull. It was just I love to kill stuff out of it. It's just a great way to go, to video, to get drawn, all the stuff with the bear or turkey or deer. Right in front of you, and so I thought we're gonna do that. We're gonna set the double bull up. So I did, got our bait set up, and then I went ahead and put that bear that blind in, brushed it in, so the bear would get used to it and hopefully not think anything of it and have at it. And so I was maybe 12 10 or twelve yards from uh, that bait site, probably a little too close. Set this double bull blind up, one of those old original double bull blinds I had from way back in the day, one of the first ones I ever got. I actually still got it out there in the shed. It's one of the original ones that I ever got. I think they called it the Matrix. And uh we put it in. That was back from back before uh Double Bull sold to Primos and um back in the days, man, we had some good time filming hunts out of those things. But that's what the the setup was gonna be. <clears throat> double bull blind and bear bait twelve yards away. And I man, I, I'll never forget the day I went in there. Um I know my buddy Hunter Andrews had always said, Man, don't hunt your spot. Don't go in there hunting until that bear takes a dump at your spot. When you find bear turds at your spot that's when you know he's there that's when you know he's ready to go he's comfortable he's there all the time he's hanging out he's comfortable around the spot that's when you go make your move when you got bear turds showing up on the ground all around the bait site and he knows obviously you start getting pictures or daytime activity and daylight activity and so that's when you know and man when it started happening i thought here we go big turds what is what's big turds mean you got little turds and you got big turds remy what's a big turd mean
1: uh uh, bear turd
0: yeah big bear turd means what
1: uh uh that means they're here
0: they're here but if you got a big turd and you got a little turd let's talk about our turd skills here big turd means big what big bear all right little turd means what
1: not really a big
0: bear yeah little turd little bear or maybe something with diarrhea. I don't know. Big turd, though, means big bear, I guess. That's kind of in my mind what the, what the deal was. And so I see this uh bear turd or bear scat. Some people want to say scat instead of turd. doo doo poop, turd, crap, whatever you want to call it. Bear poop. And, I mean, it was piled up big as your boot. And so we started seeing it, and I knew it was time to go make my move. And so I went in there that particular day, got in there early. I thought, man, I'm going to go early and get set up and get settled in. And uh, every time I'd run to go run over there to go set up bear bait, I would go in, and I'd, you know, rattle on that, that barrel. Basically, I was sounding the dinner bell when I would ring that, you know, beat on that barrel, letting that bear up on the ridge know, hey, I'm down here, I'm bringing you some groceries, come on and get it. And so um, that was the deal. Because you know good and well, a lot of times when we would go in there, you're hauling in all that food, and there would be times when you run a bear off, he's already there, and you run a bear off, and he goes up the hill. He's probably sitting up there watching you, and you put the stuff in. And when you leave, there's many times those bears would come right back right after we left. And so that was the deal on that day. And uh, got in there, reloaded stuff, got the bait going again, freshened it up with food. And then I climbed over instead of heading back to the truck on this particular day. I climbed over in that double bull blind and settled in. And it, like I said, is it early, it's gonna be a long time. And it, it's over in Idaho and Montana. I mean, you talking June, May, June, July. It was summer months, spring, summer months. I mean, it's not getting dark till after 10 o'clock. It's, it's a long day. That particular day, I get in there, get settled into my camp chair. And I remember sitting there a while, and I remember thinking, man, I'm so tired. I want to just chill. But then I thought, don't fall asleep. Something's going to happen. You fall asleep, you're going to get busted. You're going to have one come in on you, whatever. Regardless, I was tired. So Man, I put my elbows down on my knees in my camp chair. Head down in my hands, just kind of hunched over my chair, and I'd take a little snooze. And, man, I heard the sound. I've said it so many times, but I heard the sound. It wasn't a stick breaking. You know, a lot of times you hear something coming, crashing through the woods. You hear sticks breaking, popping, rocks rolling. You hear pine needles or leaves rustling. All I heard was the sound of weight pressing into the earth. It was just the sound of something heavy stepping in the ground, just almost like a little, just a slight little crunch in the leaves or uh Pine needles, whatever it was, I could just hear weight pressing down into the earth, and dude, I freaked out, man. I thought, oh my gosh! Like I said, I was, I was almost dozed off, snoozing, and I heard it, and I didn't jump up and snap my head up or look up real quick because I knew it was close, but I just kind of lifted my head out of my hands and look out the window of the blind, and all I see was this chocolate back, this kind of this reddish brown chocolate back, this bear fur. Just outside the window of my blind, and I'm talking four steps. Four steps is right there, just just out. It was so close. That's all I saw was just bear fur going across the window of my blind, and I'm like, "Oh my word! I'm fixing to die! I'm fixing to get eaten!" I just look out and hear that thing comes left or right coming across in front of my blind. And I knew I was too close to the bear, obviously four four yards away. I knew I was too close to turn my camera on. You remember the cameras we got, the little video cameras at the time. You turn them on, they go, you know, make a little startup sound, right? I knew I was too close to to have that go down and turn that on. He'd have freaked out. So I just kind of let him walk. He comes walking across and goes up there. Finally starts angling up there to the bait site. Finally, flip the camera on. That's where I first start picking him up. Again, you'll see that on the video. So what's the first thing that bear goes up there and gets a bite of?
1: Marshmallows.
0: Marshmallows. And you'll watch the video, dude. I got marshmallows strung up. I mean, marshmallows are just great because they smell good. They taste good. It's candy. It's sugar. Bears love them. Y'all love them, right? Y'all sit there and eat marshmallows, a little weenie roast, have a s'more afterwards. Everybody loves a little marshmallow on the fire, plain, whatever it is. And bears are the same way. And so I had marshmallows just strung up on the trees. Every little branch had a a, a marshmallow. It looked like doggone Christmas ornaments up there. But he goes up to there, the barrel. I have a few of them scattered out on the barrel. That's the first thing he oh, wolfs them down, working on the marshmallows. Then he kicks the logs out of the barrel, trying to knock those logs out. And bears are so strong. You don't realize how strong they are. You think they're just kind of big. Uh, you know, just a big loaf of an animal thinking oh he's just kind of big fat animal he can't do nothing But man they're so strong he just takes that hand those claws and just whoosh, knocks that log out of the barrel just throws it around like it's a matchstick just nothing and starts getting in that barrel getting on the food there's dog food in there there's donuts in there little debbies oatmeal cream pies all the good stuff and he gets settled in well here's the deal so i go <clears throat> again because he's so close to my My setup, I really couldn't do anything at the time, but I finally start to shift in my chair. I've got a little camp chair, and I go to shift in my chair a little bit and try to to square up for the shot. Sitting there and there with my compound bow, and so I I, got to turn a little bit for the shot. And when I do, I just do a little bit of a shift, a little bit of my britches moving on that chair, whatever it was. He hears it, and he doesn't, like, check up and look around. He just hears it, and boom, he's gone uh just takes off and and just gets out of there and he runs back the way he came or excuse me runs back up uh the hill he came from the left he this time he runs straight back up but as soon as he cleared the log here he comes back down the way he came he he runs out and i'm like oh crap you gotta be kidding me and then all of a sudden i look up there and here he comes and he just starts loping right back down there just side to side shuffling big old fat bear comes down he's on the other side of the tree trunk from the bait barrel And I thought, okay, he's going to come back in. He'll step over the tree there and and go to the bait barrel. He gets to the bait barrel. What does he do? He doesn't go to the bait barrel. He just keeps on coming. He's walking past the bait barrel. Keeps coming down the other side of that big tree trunk. Looks around, stops, looks around. I think, okay, now he's going to come over to the bait barrel. Is that what he did? No, he keeps coming on down, keeps walking down the tree trunk. And he's angling right down towards my stinking double bull blind. He gets down there just about eight yards from across me. The tree trunk was eight yards from me. Sucker steps up on the tree trunk, and there he is. Stands up. He's pretty much at that point he's up above me. I'm looking up at him. He's eight yards away looking right at me. He's slobbering. You see his whole mouth just turning white with, sal- with saliva and just slobbering. I've had guys tell me that's him trying to smell you. They smell. Uh, I guess they use that as a sense of smell like a snake does. You know, a snake will stick out his tongue and use his tongue to to smell or like a deer uh, doing that flaming or whatever it is. he'd lip curling and uh, supposedly I'm told that's what a bear will do. He'll get that old saliva and he'll pick up some smells and he can smell you that way. I don't know. All I know he's up there slobbering and looking right into my blind and he's eight yards away. I honestly thought this is it. I, I thought this is going to be my time. I'm about to die. I've got kids and a wife at home. I'm over here in the back country of Idaho, and I'm about to die by this bear. He knew I wasn't that blind. He knew that's where the sound came from. And I'm just thinking, Lord, this is fixing to get ugly in a hurry. And I prayed. I remember sitting there praying, Lord, please don't let this be the way I die. I mean, I I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that would be kind of cool to get mauled by a black bear and die that way, go out like that. I don't know. But I just like, Lord, please don't let this be my time. Lord, please don't let this be the way I die. And I was sitting there praying about it, thinking about it. I was like, good gosh almighty, adrenaline rolling through my body. Just, I mean, just jacked going through my body. And about that time, he steps over the log. And I'm thinking, here it is. It's either me uh, or the bait site. And sure enough, he steps over the log, and he rolls back up there to the bait. And uh, I could finally breathe a sigh of relief. And I was like, oh, my gosh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He goes back up to the bait. This time, I'm getting ready to go. I'm squared up. He gets in there digging through. <clears throat> I come to full draw, and even that, he heard my limbs pop or whatever it was, a string popping or something. <clears throat> you hear a little sound, and he backs up, and he looks. He jerks back and looks back at my direction again. I thought, my gosh, I'm fixing to jack this thing up again. And sure enough, that time, though, I made the full draw. He goes back, sticks his head back toward that bait site, and I let it rip, man. And he blew out of there, took off back up the mountain, jumped the log, and just blows out of there. And at first I looked at my shot, and I thought, oh, my gosh, my shot is back. I hit him back. It's not good. I was too far back. Uh, but watching it back on the video, I realized he was uh, angling a little more to me, had that quartering away, and that shot rolled right up through his lungs. And, I mean, he went up that hill, took off crashing, went up the hill probably 56 yards. And then I heard, at the time I didn't know it, but I heard a crashing. I didn't know if that was him leaving to get out of there, humping up the hill, or if that was him crashing. Sure enough, it's him rolling and crashing back down. He crashed back down in a big stump hole. And that was it, man. Big old black bear in Idaho, and it was mine. And so the coolest, most adrenaline-packed hunt of my life, it was uh, it was right there. I mean, I, I look back over my hunting career thus far, and I, I think of that hunt and the other one. What is the other hunt that, that I didn't even kill anything, but it was an attack I got? Something charged me. Y'all remember that one? A moose. The moose. When I think about that, I think about the bear at eight yards, And even, like I said, walking by at four yards, and then that moose attack, when that moose charged me and he he come up there, me to you, I mean, he was two, three yards just on the other side of the tree I was hiding behind. Those are two of the most intense encounters I've ever had, a black bear and a moose. And so this is cool. I see a lot of guys popping up with their bear hunts, and it is the season right now, early June is where it's happening. Those bears are rutting out west, and it's just a great time to be in the woods for bear hunting. And so that kind of rekindled the uh, memories, and I've uh, been going through some old photos and seen some stuff pop up, and so we thought it would be a great time to share this story. And it's also a good time for us to start planning a bear hunt for you boys. I really want to get you guys in the woods, uh, let you experience a bear, a bear hunt like this. Remy, would you want to be in a ground blind with a bear at eight yards? Would you go for that?
1: I would probably try to hide in the ground blind so it wouldn't see me. you be tucked down the floor. But if he was... I probably wouldn't want to try to shoot them because that would be my first
0: bear. Yeah. We need to get y'all your first bear. It'd be pretty cool. So, we're looking at some options for fall hunt. If you know of some good opportunities or you got some nuisance bears hanging out too close to your home, give us a shout. Any ideas, any insight, we'd love to hear from you what you got. We're going to try to make it happen this year. Black bear in the mix for the fall season. So. All right, boys, I think with that said, we're going to wrap this one up. I do appreciate y'all being in here with me once again. Another great episode talking about bears. Hey, also, if you haven't done so already, be sure to tell your friends, your family about the Hunting Roots podcast. Spread the word. Tell them about this episode, maybe some episodes from the past that you might have liked. Tell somebody about it this week. Also, be sure to go back and check out the YouTube episode we just posted, Black Bear at 8 Yard. You can watch the hunt we just talked about. You can check it out on YouTube at the Hunting Roots channel there. Also, the huntingroots.com website, you can check it out there. You can buy some merch there, and there's some great opportunities there with merch, hats, shirts, hoodies, different things you can pick up that will help us as we spread the word on hunting, the outdoors, through our camps, our retreats, turkey camps, bow hunter camps in the fall, lots of great opportunities for kids. And so that all goes back to pump into those programs to help us fund that. So be sure to pick something up, huntingroots.com. We'll see you on our social channels as well, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, even TikTok, so be sure to check those out. And we look forward to seeing you right back here next week. Shoot straight. God bless.